Welcome to the Pain Face Productions Network, featuring Josh Cook, Matt Zen, and Brian Conn. Millennium Talkin', a Star Wars discussion with Josh Cook and Matt Zen from Pain Face Productions. This is a loose and free-form discussion about the Star Wars universe. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Millennium Talkin'. I'm here with my friend Matt Zen on Painface Productions Network, and this is our pilot episode of Millennium Talkin'. And speaking for myself, I am so excited about this show. Matt, welcome to Millennium Talkin'. Thank you. And the man to my left is Josh Cook. You didn't mention that before. It took him one minute to realize his name. So that's how this podcast is going to go, folks. Uh, I know my name, folks. We have a spectacular show in order. Spectacular uh, is a strong word. I think this show is going to be a unique product in the Star Wars podcasting landscape. Definitely. <laughs> so, there's going to be two versions of Millennium Talking. There's going to be the Canon Edition, which is what we're doing today, and there's going to be the Legends Edition, which is what's going to be released later on. Each show, we're going to have a variety of segments, which you'll discover today. And we're going to start things right off the bat with the first thing we're going to be talking about in the canon edition, which is the Star Wars comic dun, 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 dun. by Marvel. Just a little bit of background. This comic series started after Disney purchased Star Wars. They moved the, the comic production of Star Wars away from the Dark Horse company and back to Marvel. The return we've been waiting for for many years. So we're going to jump right into it. Matt, mm. what has been your exposure to Star Wars comics up until this point? Uh, sometimes I go to a comic book store and I see them there. Okay, so, you, so you, you're not really a reader of Star Wars comics as, no. as much as I am. No. Okay. Well, we've both read this issue. This is Star Wars number one, Skywalker Strikes. Good title. This is book one. So. We will now read you the entire comic. No. <laughs> describing the pictures on the screen. Jumping right in. This comic opens with uh, one of the shuttles going on to the moon of Corellia. Which I thought is reminiscent of the films when a giant starship or something uh, goes across the screen. Yeah. And for some reason, this comic, I think it's because of the lack of sound... Uh, and action, like you in the original Star Wars, you have the the blockade runner running from from the Devastator, Star Destroyer. But this one, I see, there's no audio to a comic, and the first three panels. Unless have, you're crazy. <laughs> unless you hear voices in your head, there's no audio to a comic. But there's no dialogue in the first three panels, and so for some reason, this really reminded me of the opening of Revenge of the Sith. No. <laughs> I know it's scary, but uh, where you know you see the see the Republic's 
warships and it's totally silent and then it breaks out into all-out war. Um, anyways, so they're approaching the moon and this is this is set right after A New Hope. Yep, this, you know, this guy. I wonder what this guy's name is. The Imperial officer on... Uh, uh, there's no page numbers on these issues. So on, on page three in the third panel down, I really wonder who this guy is. He's got a rugged face. Good line, though. He says uh, he's talking to some stormtroopers, and he goes, Be on alert, and if anything seems suspicious, kill them. Which is always a good line. And here we have the strikingly handsome Han Solo striding out of the, uh, out of the starship. With two guards and R2-D2. Now, I like how these are the uh, the skiff guards. Yeah. I think that's a nice touch. One thing I really feel like this comic series is doing a, a good job with is they are doing subtle nods to the expanded universe in these issues, and I'm really enjoying those, and we'll get to some of those. And Well, you know, even actually right here, the, uh, well, you know, it's either four Lom or Zuckus, and... Some of our uh, more Star Wars-oriented listeners will uh, will know the mix-up with Zuckus and Forlom. So it's it's either the Gand or whatever Forlom's species is. We see Han Solo, and uh, this Imperial officer, who he does have a name, Officer Agadine is Overseer. Matt, Overseer Agadine, as Matt helpfully pointed out. Um, he doesn't really seem to know who Han Solo is, which, you know, leads me to believe that this is real soon. Yeah, because, I mean, he dis- he helped destroy the Death Star and set back the Empire years. And this guy's shaking his hand like, welcome. Well, you know, this is, like I say, this is only a couple days after, so word probably hasn't gotten back to the Emperor yet. I, mean, I know it's a long time ago and they didn't have cell phones, but three days, come on. Moving on, uh, Chewbacca in this issue has some really interesting art. He uh, actually almost looks like Lumpy from the Holiday Special. Very true. Not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt finally knows what the Holiday Special is. Um, I have known what the Holiday Special is. I just well, okay, it. he's finally seen it. But he does. He does look a little bit like Lumpy. He looks like Harry and the Hendersons. He looks like Harry. I'll take your word for that, Matt. One thing I feel this comic does accomplish in this uh, this action sequence here is the stormtrooper art is really good. Yeah, and so is the action though too. Well, the great the action's action. good. I mean, you have the, the the dialogue is also great. I mean, this is a great comic. Let's just get that out there. This is a great comic. Some of the Star Wars comics have been pretty subpar. This is up to the level I've come to expect of Star Wars. Yes, the uh, the art is great, except for. Lumpy Harry Chewbacca. <laughs> Lumpy Chewbacca. But if you look at the stormtroopers, it's it's a very interesting representation of them, and it does a good job. Yes. They're perfectly symmetrical, which you know, if you look at some of the Marvel original comics, they are not at all. Um, it's like it was written on a tear donner. <laughs> okay, like I said, some of the dialogue is really good. <laughs> like the Imperial officer saying, "Your droid appears to be leaking fluids," and Han goes, "Um." R2, he's leaking green stuff, and then he uses his little shock zapper arm that he uses to uh, shock salacious crumb in Return of the Jedi to uh, light whatever he leaked out of the floor onto the stormtroopers to 
electrify it, and the stormtroopers get electrified. And Great dialogue. Oh no, gah, Yeah, and then you have the uh, the skiff guards take the other two stormtroopers down, and they turn out to be Luke and Leia in Spoiler disguise. Alert. I should have put a spoiler warning at the beginning. <laughs> Oh, well. Spoiler alert for now. So they run along, and see uh, you see 3PO hiding in the Falcon. Obviously, you don't want to take him along in your adventure, otherwise, you know, something will go wrong. He'll blow it. So Luke is going through this, this Star Destroyer building. Manufacturing plant. Manufacturing plant. Thank you. And he finds a bunch of slaves, and he's like, oh, man, we got to free these people. So he... Uh, he uh, he battles someone who kind of looks like Malacca Lee, the Rancor Keeper. He's got that hat that the Kenner figure had. And he's using a light whip, which, again, another another little nod to the EU that I like. Um, a lot of the bounty hunters in the Jedi Quest series use those. So. This also could be the bad guy from Iron Man 2 with the... Yes! <laughs> it very well could be Whiplash. It could be Whiplash. <laughs> like when, like, a distant relative of Whiplash. <laughs> this is Whiplash's cousin. Yeah. Laser Lash. Laser Lash. Laser Lash. <laughs> Luke whips out his lightsaber and uh, cuts the guy's hand off, you know. And then he, he cuts the lock on the, the slave cage and he lets them all out. And another great line. Anyone who hates the Empire, come with me. Yeah, and a full-page panel of a him. A full-page panel there. of him standing over the guy, With clasping his at his yeah. hand. He's like, you know, and I'm, I'm glad there wasn't a scream there. That would, yeah. that would totally ruin the whole yeah, panel. Yeah, it would. It would. And again, I like the art on this panel. It's yeah. not too digital, and it's not too, you know, penciled in. It's the perfect in-between. Um, also, there's a lot of um, side-angled shots that the camera, if you will, would be tilted to the left, which gives them many thematic uh, things, but it also just looks really cool. Yeah. Um, now I'm curious, Matt, what do, you, what do you think about the jacket? Uh, you know what? I feel like if I were to buy a reproduction jacket, it just wouldn't come out. <laughs> well, that I didn't really mean to bring this up, but I do own the Luke Skywalker reproduction jacket uh, from uh, from the end of A New Hope. But or what you can call a Luke Skywalker reproduction jacket. It is a Luke Skywalker reproduction jacket. It it has the Star Wars seal on. Reproduction it. is the key. Well, okay, it's not the original. But what I was more referring to, Matt, is uh, do you like the fact that he's wearing that jacket? Yeah, I would say so, because it's kind of like after the ceremony, they got their medals and just picked up and left. Yeah. They didn't Yeah, I, they didn't have a have a celebratory vacation. No, no, there, there was no time for Luke no Skywalker time. to go to Naboo and, uh, you know, just take a week and yeah. cool off. He, he's got he's to go with uh, Han and Leia on this important mission. And I like the sense of that. And the other thing I like is that he, he didn't, like, in the original comics, he threw out the entire run. Up until the Empire, of course, he still had his Tatooine outfit on. Yeah. They didn't have him in the jacket. So yeah. I really like the fact that he's in the jacket. That really just lends itself to uh, to the, a good story. So Luke comes back to Han and Leia. And they're like, okay, uh, let's get out of here. Um, and uh, It kind of looks like the prisoners were just all arrested in the cantina. 
They just they just literally <laughs> zoomed up everyone from the cantina and enslaved them. Um, that's what it looks like. I'm not well, asking you to go it, into the detail. Yeah, the ha- I, I guess because the hammerheads, you get that because that's like one of the most distinctive aliens. But you know, they have the Mon Calamari, the the never the Calamari, the Togruta, good squid. <laughs> yeah, you can go. Han signals three uh, PO to uh, you know get the autopilot going and get get the Falcon so they can you know get the hell out of here. They did what they needed to do. Then uh, we cut to a stormtrooper saying, "Inform the overseer, the negotiator has arrived." And you turn the page, and it's a full another full page panel of the menacing Darth Vader, much like its entrance in the beginning of A New Hope, with stormtroopers yeah. lined up and. Yeah, and they, 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 you know, after the battle, they all go to the sides and they wait for their their dark lord to, to come through. And when uh, Luke hears this, he's like, oh, uh, Vader, what? Because obviously Luke's mad at Vader. He, he thinks that Darth Vader killed his father, and then he, he saw him kill Ben. So, you know, it's, it's like... Not a healthy relationship. <laughs> no. Um, Princess Leia... She's like, uh, Chewbacca, uh, I want you to just take him out with your rifle. Which, of course, <laughs> what, 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 what is a great idea. Yeah. Because he's the most powerful person in the universe. I'm and, sure. And I'm sure Chewbacca, <laughs> who abandoned his family to uh, fill a debt <laughs> with a crossbow, <laughs> is definitely going to beat him. Yes. With with one bullet. With one bullet. With one bullet. To the head. One bullet. And, you know... The element of surprise. So, uh, he's like... And she's she's talking through the comic, and she's like, Do you hear me, Chewie? Take the shot. Now! And then he goes... And then he, uh... Darth Vader says, Wait, I sense. And he whips out his lightsaber and deflects the bolt. And there's some carnage on the next page. He kind of uses the stormtroopers as a shield. Which is a good, uh theme and uh, uh, I get what you're saying though it's a good theme you know the villain throws the henchman in front of him to, to yeah. get away yeah shows Vader doesn't care about yeah. anybody do you think if, the stormtroopers think that he cares or do you think no 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 I think yeah. they, I think they know that they're all just cannon fodder yeah it's like how many stormtroopers are there in the empire a billion how many are Darth Vader one yeah. So, so they know. But you they don't know think secretly in the head they, they maybe I'll be pals with me there one day if I ever do. Oh, I think they hope that. Yeah, I think sure. they hope that, but I think deep down they know. That's not going to happen. I would call that a new hope. Oh. <laughs> That's good. That's a good idea for a fan film. We don't, have a, we don't have a drum set in here, but at this point he would do the cymbals. Yeah. Not bad. So, no, that's a good idea for a fan film. A Stormtrooper Hope. Oh, that's good. Have what? But I think Episode Seven's doing that with the uh, uh, Finn. Oh yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Finn turns out to just be a guy who really wants to be to be included. <laughs> so he so he, <laughs> he he picks Stormtrooper yeah, off her armor off a dead dead Stormtrooper who he tries to be included in the uh, Empire. <laughs> See and and uh, so actually when he does that uh, he's the first Stormtrooper to ever hit something because he's not actually a Stormtrooper he's just a guy in the armor. So. Good one. Uh, yeah. But, okay. No. So anyway. So, yeah, um, Darth Vader then uh, does a force reach and uh, is messing with Chewbacca, and Chewbacca has to jump off the platform, and he says, Darth Vader goes, 
after him. It's a rebel attack. Put the entire moon alert. And then Han's like, Chewie, Chewie, come in. And there's no answer. And then you come to the funny part of the comic, which I really like. He calls 3PO, and uh, he said, 3PO, get us out of here. Hit the autopilot. And C-3PO said, I did, sir. I pressed the button a few minutes ago. I'm afraid nothing has happened. And then he looks out the window, and there are scavenger species taking the Falcon apart. Yeah. <laughs> They're just taking parts off it. And uh, Han obviously is very proud of the Falcon, and he's like, oh, this is my, my, my baby. What's, what's happening? Hey, so he tells... Lando. Lando's not in this episode. In this well, comic, but. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, three of you go outside and get those creatures off there. So that's something that you're going to look forward to in the next issue. And then this, this issue comes to a close with um, uh, Luke walking down the hallway. Uh, and then there's a blue bubble. It says, Luke. He goes, Ben? Ben, is that you? And then he says... Luke, listen to me carefully. And he turned the last page, and it's Darth Vader coming at him with the lightsaber. And the last word says, run. To be continued. Yes. Overall, great comic. Yeah, uh, it was a great first yes, part of the story. Comic. And it left me very excited for the, you know, the follow-up issues. So, now we're going to take a, a short break. Yep. So, we'll be right back. Attention all Rebel heroes. Introducing the new G-65 X-Wing Starfighter. Featuring quad laser cannons, proton torpedo launchers, and a functional hyperdrive. Starting at 150,000 Republic credits, you can get yourself one today to ensure the victory you deserve over the tyrannical empire. It's equipped for astromech droids and has S-foils to evade the Empire with maximum strength. Get yourself one today. And we're back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lego Talk. It's not what you think. Every week, Josh and I will pick a Lego set and talk about it, discuss the figures, what we liked about it, and if we think it's worth your hard-earned money. Today's edition will start with... The Millennium Falcon, 7965 is the number. Now, I got this set a year and a half ago. I worked my first shift and my first job, got my paycheck, and went out and spent it all on the Millennium Falcon. A good idea? You'll find out. So, this set comes with Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Ben Kenobi, Darth Vader, and, of course, Han Solo and Chewbacca. They all have their weapons, um, uh, Ben... Darth Vader and Luke all have a lightsaber. Uh, Leia and Han have a blaster. And Chewbacca has his crossbow. And it's a good-sized set. It um, I didn't feel cheated by it. It's not huge, but it's big enough to display, and uh, it's big enough to fly around if you are that cool. Another great feature about it is the interior. I mean, it opens up. Uh, the panels come up. And reveals, uh, you know, fairly detailed inside. There is uh, the the space chess board, the um, training bot that Luke uses on the Falcon, and the control panel. And then on the side, there is a clear pilot's uh, cockpit, and you can put Han and Chewie in there if you would like. 
And it's just a great piece. And, uh, you know, they threw in Darth Vader for a villain, so you can, you know, put him on the, uh, on the outside, and he's trying to break in if you want to, or do whatever you want with him. And uh, it's just a wonderful set. It's probably my favorite uh, set that I've ever uh, purchased. And I definitely recommend it if you're looking for a great Star Wars piece. All right. Uh, so I have a couple of questions. Sure. You said the uh, the minifigures, uh, there were six of them? Yeah, six. And uh, how is the, the detail on them? Uh, I think they're really good. Um, you know, I mean, Darth Vader, it's, Lego always produced a great Darth Vader. And you, it even comes with, if you, like, turn the helmet to the side, you can see that it's the discarded face of... Uh, Anakin Skywalker, and um, you know Darth Vader and Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi has his uh, has his cape, and then uh, Chewbacca has his uh, armor thing and the uh, uh, bullet thing, whatever the heck that thing is. And uh, you know Han Solo has you know I think it has the blue pants, and then the vest, and Leia has the buns, of course, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Luke has. Oh, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but he also has a blaster, too. So just in case you want to give him a blaster, he's like to ran the blaster. And, so and, and a little helmet, too, that you can put on him for, like, the training thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you said the uh, it had the training ball and the, the chessboard, which are yeah. two of the things that I really liked about the uh, all the Millennium Falcon toys yeah. when, they, when they came out. And uh, we found one of the rummage shells that was a pretty reasonable price, and it still had the table, unfortunately, didn't have the... A little remote, but yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. Also, uh, the the cargo hatch where they hide in too. Oh they really? Out. Yeah, it's that's... really cool. They, I put my I put the weapons in there that because I mean they're spare weapons. Yeah. You can't have them all armed around the Falcon. Yeah. No, and and you know they would need the smuggler stuff. They, yeah. Just have smuggler. blasters sitting around yeah. the ship. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's cool. I'm I'm interested to see uh, as we do these. You know, some of my sets will reviews will be some of the older sets. I'm really interested to see like. When I show Matt pictures uh, of these sets, what what his comments will be about some of the minifigures that weren't so uh, such quality back in the day. Yeah. Um. So. And one last question. Uh. So sure. you would recommend purchasing this. Um. However, it isn't still in stores. Would you, yeah. Uh, um. Would you recommend that people wait for the new one to come out, which I'm sure there will be a new one after The Force Awakens, or do you think it's is it worth the the two hundred and fifty dollars to buy online? Well, I think I, mine was like 150 or 175 so I mean, it adds $100, which is really unfortunate because it is a great set. But I think maybe the, maybe wait until the new one comes out and then look at that one and see. I mean, it has the square dish. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much different it's going to be, but, you know, maybe if you prefer the new Millennium Falcon, get that one. But, I mean, this one is a great one just for the classics. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, it's. It's great. Well, I mean, the new one wouldn't have the the, the old minifigures, so yeah. you know, I am looking for one. I'm always looking. I have a, an alert through through eBay and Amazon if, if any come up, but below yeah. a certain price. So. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, thank you, Matt. Thank you, John. Um, and now we're gonna we're gonna have a little section, um, uh, called news reaction. News reaction. So I'll explain this one. Okay. So. I take the uh, journal, the paper that we have here. In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. The in Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And um, I ask Josh some questions about these news articles. But Josh is not Josh. Josh will be portraying... Lando Calrissian. 
So we will get Lando Calrissian's reactions to some of these journal articles. So let's just start off with. Oh, hold on. Oh, sure, sure. I gotta get in the character. Okay. Hello, I'm Lando Calrissian. What do you have today for me, Matt? Well, let's start with some sports, Lando. I know you're kind of into those. Oh yeah, I'm very into sports. You know. So good way to pass the time. Yeah, good way to pass the time. Speaking of passing time, we'll talk about America's pastime, a little baseball. So, oh, okay. The Brewers are terrible this year, and that's too bad. Yeah, you said it. Uh, we lost the last five. Is that correct, Matt? It's something like that. You lose track. Yeah. So, we'll talk about something more positive. So, Bud Selig, who was the commissioner of baseball, founded the Milwaukee Brewers in 1970. Oh, and I did not know that. Oh, yes. And they are opening an exhibit for him. And I just want to have your thoughts. Do you think Seelig deserves this exhibit in Milwaukee? Well, I mean, uh, it might not be an appropriate time to be releasing an exhibit with the Brewers uh, doing as bad as they are this year. But I do feel it is important to uh, preserve the history of those who uh, have uh, helped out America's great game. Sure. Good, good answer. Well, that's great. So you think Bud Selig does deserve this honor. I'm sure he'll be thrilled to hear that. Well, um, I'll be sure to pass it along if I see him on the street. Oh, yeah. I heard he goes to uh, a Gillies every Saturday. Oh, yeah. That's a nice ice cream shop. Yes, good ice cream at Gillies. Yes, indeed. All right. So let's move into the business section. Uh, how's our local economy doing? Not good. Well, that's too bad. All right, Lando. So... Investment firm appears closed. Pennant has said it was the victim of loan scam. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I'm I'm no stranger to getting scammed. I've had a few buddies that are oh yeah that have uh, pulled a fast one on me. Wow. You know, including uh, you know my now good friend Han Solo. Yeah, how's he doing? He's doing good. But uh, when I saw him for the first time. After the affair on Wuka, I was pretty we upset. Know. We all know that. You know, I was ready to trick him, and I had my my buddy Lobot in on it, and uh, How's Lobot I went doing? up to him. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he, uh, he actually got a uh, an upgrade for his headband, so now he gets AM and FM radio. Oh wow! Yes, indeed. It wasn't cheap. Of course. But uh, what was the original question again? Uh, what do you think about Pennant uh, being a victim of loan scam? Oh, well, uh, my my sympathies go out to everyone at Pennant. You know, like I said, sure. I had a couple of loan scams. And, uh, you know, I've been on the bad end. So. Oh, yeah. My sympathies. Thank you, Lando, for that wonderful insight. Uh, you're quite welcome. We will finish off talking about some entertainment here in Milwaukee. All right. So, movies over Milwaukee. Warmer weather brings everyone in Milwaukee outside, even moviegoers, especially if the movies are free. What do you think about having outdoor movies in Milwaukee? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of the drive-in. Oh, yeah. I really wish those would come back in the style. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, those aren't quite in demand yet, so we can only hope that that comes back. And as we get closer to release dates of movies of the... Of the you know summer variety this summer. Sure. I would love to see some of them outside, like the Avengers two. Unfortunately, Star Wars won't be released till it's quite cold here in Wisconsin. Oh yeah. 
won't be very practical to see it outside when it's two degrees out. Uh, so when you go in uh, on a date with a girl, would you take her to a fly-in? Oh yes, and uh, and we'd uh, we'd fly in. Uh, I'd uh, I'd try to pawn someone out of a ship in a game of sabac. Sure. And uh, then we'd uh, go in style. All right, let's just end it right there. Thanks, Lando, for your thoughts. And that was Lando Calrissian reacting to Milwaukee's news. Thank you, everybody. And if you ever need any Tabana gas, please do not hesitate to stop by Clouds. Okay, no plugs. No plugs, Lando. Well, I had to do a shameless plug. Yes, all right. Well, I will uh, see you in a few weeks. Thanks for coming, Lando. You're quite welcome. We're going to take another short break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have a brief talk about the uh, first of the uh, Lucasfilm new continuity uh, books, A New Dawn. This week's Kenner Toy of the Week is Ben Kenobi, featuring a vinyl tape and telescoping blue lightsaber. He comes available on Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, and Return of the Jedi cards. He's available with white or black hair. Go get yourself one today. Welcome back to Millennium Talking. Now, Josh Cook with your book review. For our pilot episode, I'm going to be reviewing the first Lucasfilm novel uh, in the official canon called A New Dawn, and it was written by John Jackson Miller. Good name. Uh, yes. So, before, before I begin, um, I am going to give a spoiler alert for... Uh, the backstory of Rebels. If you don't want to know anything about the Rebels characters, stop listening now. But come back later. Yes. If forward, fast forward about five or six minutes. A New Dawn is set in two parts. The first part is only one chapter, and it's about Kanan Jarrus, who's a Padawan, uh, talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi about the event of an emergency where the Jedi would have to flee Coruscant. And then it jumps in time to when he gets that signal uh, from Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, you know, we've been betrayed. Everyone stay the hell away, otherwise the Emperor's, uh, uh, he's going to kill you. So he ends up, Kanan ends up running cargo for money on a world, a mining world, for their mining equipment to make Star Destroyers. It's set very early on in the early days of the Empire, and the Emperor sends out a finance expert to uh, speed along uh, production. This Count Vidian that the Emperor sends is a really bad dude. I love a good villain. I love a good villain. I won't, in the first couple chapters, uh, he straight up kills a dude because he's not being productive enough. And the basic plot of the story is uh, Kanan ends up getting caught in the middle of this inspection, and due to his um, indulgence in drinking, he gets himself into a couple jams. And that is where he meets the very, very racy, if you look at the cover, uh, Twi'lek, who we know from the series. And uh, together, they end up trying to take down the inspector, uh, who's really imposing some bad labor restrictions and some cruel practices on this world, of course. 
There's a couple other side characters, but if you want to know about them, I'll let you read more into the book. I'm not going to spoil the end, but I will say it's a lot of action-packed, and it does actually a really good job of raising some ethical questions regarding our own society about surveillance by government and stuff. So I would give this book 9 out of 10 stars. It's a really good book. It's a fun read. And um, like I say, if, if you're looking for a new place to start um, Star Wars that you don't really need to know much background, A New Dawn is a good place to start. It's just a, a one-off novel. Um, and uh, I wasn't going to watch Rebels until I read this book, and now I had an invo- uh, emotional involvement in some of the characters, so I ended up uh, watching that. So like I say, good book. Thanks, Josh. Uh, I have a couple questions. So, um, oh, okay. It's a pretty thick book, I can see. Do you think it uh, drags in parts, or do you think it's pretty entertaining throughout? Yes and no. The first chapter is no dragging, and then in the second two chapters, it's a little slow, mm-hmm. but after you get going on the plot of the, the plot of the main plot of the story, it just keeps rolling and rolling and more stuff happens and there's shootouts and he has to fly between the planet of Gorse and its moon and then there's a quarantine so he can't fly back but he's trapped on an airless moon so he has to. Um, No, there's just a lot of action. And there's a couple bar fights which I really liked. Yeah, who doesn't like a good bar fight? Yeah, I know. And uh, like I say, one other thing, if you're interested in in like audiobooks, this is another good one to start with. Um, a lot of the, some of the classic Star Wars themes come into play, but there's also, uh, some, uh, new stuff. So, check it out. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to take another brief break, and, uh, we're going to come back with a segment that Matt and I are both very excited about. Very. We hope you're enjoying this podcast, and now we bring you a message from Pain Face Productions. If you like what you're hearing here on Millennium Talking, and you want to experience more, be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Productions for lots of cool posts about Star Wars. We're back. Now I'll pass this, uh, this over to Matt to introduce our newest segment to the show. Thank you, Josh. Welcome to the first round of Star Wars Fight Club. This segment will work. Josh and I will pick two characters, and they will have uh, a little metaphorical fight. And we will discuss it, and we will argue our points, and we will determine a victor. Josh, who are our first contestants? This week's contestants will be Kit Fisto. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Matt knows who that is. No, but I can beat him. I'll look it up. Uh, and mm, Django Fett. Okay, I know who that is. So Matt's just looking up Kit Fisto, and I'm going to get his instant reaction. No! 
That guy's got some eyes. That guy's got a pair of eyes on him. Yeah, that's good. I could beat that guy. Django Fett, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be even Kid Django Fett. I'm Kid You're Django Fett. Kid? I'm Kid Django. Uh, do you know anything about Kid Django Fett? This no. is not Kid Bobo. Okay. I know, but I'll make it up. Okay. Okay. Just prepare to be my arguments about Kid Django Fett. Okay, fine. Okay. So, I'm going to start this off. Kit Fisto. He's got a lightsaber. I'll start this off. Django Fett. He's small. He's agile. He hides. Well, um, agile as he may be, he doesn't have the power of the Force to do some mad moves. There's Kit Fisto. Um, has he can do? He can jump over ten feet. I know this. He's in the Clone Wars cartoon. He does this. Uh, he can do backflips. He can do front flips. You think jumping up to 10 feet is an advantage? That's funny. Because while he's up 10 feet in the air, my guy's thinking. He's thinking, what's the plan? What's the plan? I gotta do something. Gets a sharp stick. Stands under him. Boom! Comes down. Right on top of him. Well, uh, he would be able to deflect uh, the sharp stick with Oh, deflect it. Really, he can deflect with a, it. With a force really? blast or with his lightsaber. He can deflect it with his lightsaber. Lightsaber can he would do cut it? right through it. Can he do it after little Django fit? Comes up with some bug spray or some pesticide right in the big eye. He's not a bug. He's not a bug. I know he's not a bug, but I'm talking like some pepper spray or something. Well, he might be inconvenienced. Oh, inconvenience. Inconvenience long enough after sprayed in the eye to jump up ten feet to get some composure comes down right in the stick. No, okay. Now, uh, in addition, um, you said young Jango Fett. Yeah, I'm talking young Jango. Young Jango Fett doesn't have his Mandalorian armor yet. Don't care. Uh, which, even if he did, lightsaber cuts cuts through Mandalorian armor. Jango Fett's instincts? Boom. No, Jango this Fett. This is the father of Boba Fett, one of the stealthiest bounty hunters in the world. Well, yeah, you know, if if you would have come at me with that angle, if you would have said that Boba Fett, or young Jango Fett, snuck up and then stabbed Kit Fisto, I might have believed that, but in a straight fight. Kit Fisto just got surprise attacked with some spray. Well, Kit Fisto would, would one, Kit Fisto is a Nautilus, mm. so his secretions would cleanse his system. Yeah. How fast? Within 30 seconds. 30 seconds? Jump? You, th- you think you can jump up 10 feet, come down within... It's not going to take long. But, but he, 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 would, he would force blast, he would blow him away. Yeah, sure. He, he may kill Django in his last ditch ever before he dies of a stick to the heart. He wouldn't get a stick in the heart. Okay, maybe stick in the head. Who, who cares where he gets stick? I, I will admit, he might get some battle wounds. Okay. He wouldn't die. He might not die, but he, he's not getting up. Mm. I declare the victor young Django Fett. And I declare the victor Kit Fisto, so... <laughs> we'll be back. We're back. Okay, listen. The stick it does not have to be a sharp stick. No, 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 no. We're, we're done with that. We're done. We're done. Fine. Now we're going to do a segment that I'm particularly excited about, and I don't know if Matt's as excited as I am. No. Okay, well, um, Matt, do you want to talk about this segment? No. Okay, well, I'll introduce it. Um, This segment is called Species of the Week. As the name suggests, every week when the show's released, I'm going to pick a species, and I'm going to talk about it, and Matt's going to tell me if any of the things I say are ridiculous. It's going to be a lot of that. 
So, this week, we are talking about the Bith. Ridiculous. There's no C in there. Bith are musical aficionado species. We see them in the cantina. They are the band that is playing the instruments uh, with the Star Wars version of jazz. You get the point. Yeah. I that's, like those guys. That's the thing. They're, uh, they're commonly referred to in the Star Wars universe as buttheads because they sure. kind of have a butthead. Sure. They have extra large lungs mm. that they've, accum- they've uh, accumulated. Well, what's the... Uh, like yeah, uh, no, it's oh, like adapted. Darwin, uh, adapted. Yeah, you adapted over the years. Um, as they started playing musical instruments, their lungs became stronger and stronger, and sure. as they would have kids, they'd get even stronger. So, um, I heard that's what happened to Yo-Yo Ma. The Bith um, also have three hearts. Oh. Uh, and they can control their heartbeats to go to the rhythm of the beat. Wow. Um, Seems unnecessary. Well, it helps them uh, keep on track with each other. Oh, yeah. So they, you know, when... When uh, the band is up there, figuring Dan, who's the band leader, can go, okay, set our heart rates to 38 beats per minute, and they uh, play a slow tune. Or sure. They'll be like, okay, set each heart to 20, uh, or not 20, like 200 beats per minute, and they're going, da 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 yeah, yeah. so, um, I have a question. Does that mean that they can fall in love with three different women, and it'd be okay? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, but there are species in the Star Wars universe that we'll get to that are... Polyamorous. Oh, okay. So the word I just learned recently. So, uh, yeah, the Bith, they're a musical species, and uh, they like to go to the cantina and play their music. So that's the Bith. Thank you, Josh, for that very interesting segment. You're quite welcome. Moving on to our final segment of this podcast, Star Wars Trivia. And I'll throw it to Josh to explain how this works. Okay, so um, we are going to, as on Indiana Jones, we're going to do some trivia. Matt's going to ask me three questions, and then I'm going to ask Matt three questions, and we're going to keep score. And at the end of 15 episodes, the uh, winner is uh, going to get something from the loser, Star Wars related. So Matt's going to ask me three questions, and then I'm going to ask Matt three questions, and we're going to keep score. And at the end of 15 episodes, the... uh, Loser is going to get the winner something Star Wars related, like an action figure or a little Lego set or, you know, something. something. Yep. So, without further ado, I'm going to ask Matt his three questions. These are also from the licensed Star Wars Trivia Pursuit game. We recommend it. It's the Saga Edition one, not the, uh, it's, it's all six movies, not just the original trilogy. So, what color are the uniforms of the Emperor's Royal Guards? Red. Correct. What tool does Anakin Skywalker use to quietly make a hole in the hut where Shmi is held captive? Is Peter Pan? Shmee! The Mataran de Father. Oh, the Mataran de Father. In the hut where Shmi is. A lightsaber? Yes. Hey. Really? What character remarks, I would prefer it if I were a little more complete? G-3PO? Correct. Wow! Matt, three for three. That, now this will never happen again, folks. For my three questions. 
Who throws a satchel full of explosives at an Imperial officer, knocking him over a guardrail? Leia? Han Solo. <sighs> what planet is the first stop for Queen Amidala's retru- uh, routine after running the Naboo blockade? Tatooine. Correct. Who is the first person to thank C-3PO after being set free in the Ewok Um, Luke. Correct. Yeah. Well, we'd like to thank you for listening to Millennium Talkin'. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. I've been Matt Tanton. I've been Josh Cook and Lando Calrissian. Enjoy the rest of your day. Or night, depending on when you're listening to this. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This has been a Pain Face Production. Pain Face Productions is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Disney. Star Wars and all Star Wars-related items, including characters, places, and situations, are the copyrighted material of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective trademark holders. All music was used under fair use, not for profit.